Because of the way the universe is created, we each of us live in two worlds at the same time. We have to live in the outer life of our own bodies and the inner life of our own souls. Hello and welcome to Living the Inner Life. I'm your host, Chris Sheridan, and I want you to join me on a journey of discovery and exploration into our inner lives with our thoughts, our beliefs, our experience, everything that we use inside to interpret and respond to the outer world. Because we do live two lives. We have this outer world of our lives and all the things in it, the places we go, the people we know, and we have an inner life with our beliefs and our thoughts and our feelings and the way we look at the world, our perspective on ourselves and reality. And it's through the inner life that we take in everything that's going on from the outside world and we process it through our thoughts and feelings and what we believe. And that determines and shapes how we respond to the world back out again. So it's a two-way street But it's my belief and the belief of many others throughout time that it's the inner life that has more power, more effectiveness in making positive changes in our total life, as opposed to trying to maneuver and change people and things and institutions and a lot of other things that don't want to be changed in the outer world. It's better to change oneself, change our approach, change our response to things And it's through that change that we can make improvements, advancements, and grow in our total life. All right. Now, there's a part of looking at the world that we don't really look at, and that's called a paradigm. That's the existing reality that we don't question. We don't even pay attention to. We take for granted. It's just how things are, like the paradigm of the earth being flat a long time ago. And of course, that's been changed and it's round, spherical. And I know people are actually questioning that paradigm as well. But we can look at other things that have changed over time, ways of looking at the world and actually maneuvering and how we live our lives. With the Industrial Revolution, we went from having horses and a lot of human power, beasts of burden, to do all the transportation and moving goods and building construction. And that changed through industry for steam powered machines that could do much, much more. It allowed us to build higher, build faster, move goods and people around the world in a much safer, more efficient and faster way. And then that continued with cars and airplanes in the 20th century taking over, again, changing the landscape. Now there's roads instead of railroads. There's the horseless carriage. (laughs) That was a really difficult thing for some people to wrap their head around when the automobile took over. Okay, it was different and it was loud and it was a whole different thing than having a horse. Uh, But that's what some people called them, a horseless carriage, because it still looked like something you might pull behind a horse, a buggy or something, but there was no horse. And this was a little upsetting, at least for a lot of the horse people or the people that made a living making buggy whips and things like that. They were soon to be out of job in just a matter of a few decades. 
and people had to adapt. Okay, this was kind of thrust upon society and civilization because of the advancements that were made through technology. All right. And this continued on throughout the 20th century. Now, if anybody is a Gen Xer or a little bit older, we've actually experienced such a change in our lives through the information revolution, this digital era that we're in now. Went from landlines to cell phones. That was huge. It was a big change. People resisted it at first. It wasn't as efficient. Um, It was expensive. Uh, There weren't very many cell towers. Um, It wasn't really practical for a lot of people. Uh, But as prices came down and coverage increased, more and more people got it, and it made more and more sense. And now that's just the way things are. You don't think of making a long-distance call like you used to. It doesn't matter with a cell phone whether you're across town or across the country or the person calling you is. All right? doesn't matter if you're at home or not or at the office. As long as you have your phone with you, somebody can always reach you, and generally speaking, you can generally reach other people or at least try to. All right? So that's a huge, huge change. And even though in many ways our lives are still similar, that part of it has really changed. And it's the new normal where we don't really question it. Okay, I think we're at the point now where most people who have phones are using cell phones as opposed to using a landline. Wasn't the case 30 years ago. Okay, so these changes can come from the outside. And they can also come from within especially if we're trying to change ourselves or how we do things. It can be deliberate, okay? And this is something we have to think about with our inner lives. If we're trying to adopt a new habit, say a new way of doing something, a new sleep habit or a dietary habit or an exercise habit, it's difficult to just tack that on to the way you're already doing things the way you're already thinking and believing and responding and reacting to the world, okay? Because that's how you got to where you are now. That's the pathway that led you here. And if you want to change that, you may have to also change. And a lot of times, especially with the big changes, you definitely have to change the paradigm under which you're operating, this personal paradigm has to shift. So what you have to do, first of all, is be aware of it. Okay, for for years and years, no one really questioned the telephone paradigm because there wasn't anything else to replace it with. That's just what phones were. That's just how phones worked. Now that's completely different. But you had to adjust. Okay, so if you want to adjust and change something in your inner life, You have to look at how you're living your life. What's the basis? What's the ground base level of how you look at things and look at the world, especially how you look at yourself? Okay, so we could take this, well, starting, first of all, with living the inner life, because I said earlier, my premise is that to make positive changes in your life, change yourself instead of changing other people. 
work on what's inside and make the changes that you want to see on the outside. Not replace the government, not fix another person or change the way this company does business. Those things can happen, and they do happen. Even big revolutions happen, but they happen because there was an inner change, a different way of looking at something, okay? So you can't go on with the same pattern, the same mindset that got you where you are if you want to be somewhere else, okay? It can't just be, I'm going to put something on top of something else that's already going somewhere. Like they call it rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Yes, you can make some changes, but there's a larger picture here, okay, that's a little more important, a little more significant that might need a little more of your attention. So the first thing to do is become aware of the fact that we do operate under a certain paradigm, okay? And this has been developed over time. It was the household or the family, uh, the community that we grew up in can influence how we look at the world. Um, and we can look at ourselves in a way based on our experiences. And a lot of these experiences are old or they have happened a long time ago. And it's possible we may not have grown up in this sense that we're still operating maybe under an older paradigm, okay? And if we are operating under an old paradigm, an old way of doing things, it's hard to bring in the new way of thinking without changing what's old first, okay? So become aware of that, no matter what your personal paradigm is, the way you perceive yourself and your relationship to the world. You have one, whatever it is, okay? And based on what you want to improve or how you want to change or grow in your life, that will determine or point to what part of your underlying structure may also need to be changed, okay? So think of body image. I know a lot of people are trying to get in shape, uh, maybe lose a few pounds, and that's great. But if you're trying to force this behavior, this new way of looking at your diet without changing the way, or at least looking at the way you perceive yourself, okay? You may not want that on some level. You may be protecting the way things are in a certain way, okay? You may have identified yourself as having a certain body style. And if you want to change that, you would then have to violate everything um, that you have. I know there's an actress who is known for, for being heavy and kind of body, and, and, and that was part of her thing, a comedic actress. And, uh, and a lot of comics do that. They'll use something, their weight. I was you know, do, did comedy years ago, and I used my wheelchair and all my experiences with, with being in a wheelchair, which, of course, was a, a paradigm shift that I had to make when I uh, hurt my back and got paralyzed. Uh, but that, again, that was kind of thrust on me with an accident. I didn't really choose to make that, but I chose to adapt to the new paradigm and move accordingly. If I was trying to live in the old way, it would be very, very frustrating, okay? And not to say that it wasn't for a while to make the adjustment, uh, but I can't live with that old way of thinking and looking at myself 
because that's not happening right now, okay? Uh, so I had to adapt. But back to this actress who was cast then in roles. Well, the heavyset chick, and there's, you know, she's got her skinny friends, and then she makes all the fat jokes, and it's good humor, and it's self-deprecating, and, and this person's doing it, and they're getting paid well, and that's fine, and it's just a character type. Well, what happened is she lost a bunch of weight, and then she couldn't get hired. Uh, people didn't know what to do with her. She was this character actor that had to uh, you know, fulfill this role, but if she changed that part of her, it confused, I guess, casting directors and producers, and then she was just a regular girl, and then there's all other girls that you know are looking for these parts. So it kind of hurt her career in a way. Um, but you may have something like that going on if you want to change something about yourself. Same with finances. Yeah, a lot of people who are struggling with money, and that's a lot of us, uh, or just want to improve their status, whether it's getting a better apartment or having savings, a little more security, financial security in your life, maybe some freedom to do some things that you're not able to do with a lower income job that keeps you uh, from advancing in that way. It's easy to say, well, geez, I would just you know rather be rich or I'd rather have more money. Uh, and that's great. And you can go about working on getting that. But you have to change your concept or at least look at your existing concept of money. Because if you've been struggling for money and dealing with money issues or lack of money issues for a long, long time, you may have some patterns that are ingrained that are actually keeping you there. So no matter how many you know, books you read or seminars you go to, or you take this workshop on how to become more financially independent and secure. If you're not changing the undercurrent, if you're not looking at what is underneath it all, you may revert back to that. Actually, probably will. It's harder to change. Okay, so you have to look at the ground. Think of it as ground and you're planting a seed, Okay. Oh, I have a new seed. I'm going to plant this in the old ground. Well, if you don't prepare the old ground with tilling it, maybe fertilizing, whatever, clearing all the rocks, whatever it is you need to do to make it more receptive, more cultivating for this seed to grow and thrive and bear fruit. Okay. So think of it that way. Think of it as preparing a place making not only the space, but make the quality of conditions to where they're receptive to this new idea. So if you've been broke a long time, you may have wrapped your head around that. You know, you may have attitudes towards other people with money. Well, that must be easy. They got a bunch of money. Or, you know, oh, look at their hands. They never worked a hard day in their life. That's, you know, not me. I sure did all this. And there's virtue in that, but there's not necessarily virtue in poverty, especially if you're trying to get out of it. So you can become defensive and maintain where you are, and you can be critical of other people who have actually made those steps and gotten to another place, maybe where you want to be. And if you have any kind of envy or jealousy or ill feelings towards that or towards another person who has that, you're really sending a mixed signal. Okay, at best, probably it's you're sending a, a negative signal. So all your attempts will most likely fail until you've 
made yourself receptive to that. You may have to change your viewpoint on money and your relationship to it. So if you see somebody else, I don't know, get a promotion at work that you didn't get, or somebody else wins the lottery, or somebody else marries rich, or somebody else just works hard and their business takes off and they start drawing more income through hard work and dedication, celebrate them. Go, wow, look, they did that. That's awesome. I want to do something like that. Then you're in the flow of it. But if you have a negative attitude towards somebody else who's more successful than you, you're really sending a signal that says, no, make sure I don't become successful. Why would the universe want to conspire with you to make you into something that you're very critical of other people? Okay? So you have to clear the ground. You have to prepare the soil to receive this new seed of inspiration, of dedication, and change in your life. Same thing with relationships. Okay, it's easy to think, well, if I just found the right person, or if the person I'm already with would just act a little differently and behave a little more like I want them to, then I'll be happier, then I'll be good. Okay, you have to work on yourself. You have to be the partner you want to attract. You have to demonstrate the type of relationship partner that you want your relationship partner to be like demonstrate it, live it, be it, okay? And coming from the inside out is a total paradigm shift of looking at the world. So whether it's finance or romance or with your health, okay? If you've been sick and tired for a long time, well, maybe you've, that's become a way of life. It can become comfortable in something familiar, even something that really is uncomfortable or should be uncomfortable. We can justify our station in life. We can make all kinds of excuses for ourselves. And we can defend where we are. And if we do that, we're not going to get very far. Because if where you want to go is not where you are and you're defending where you are, how are you going to get there? Okay, so you may have to and may, I think you definitely have to at least take a look at where you are. Ask yourself, well, what are my beliefs about money? How do I really feel about that? There's a quote, money is the love of money is the root of all evil. Wow. You look at the news and you see people who rip other people off, these investment bankers and, you know, Ponzi scheme type of people that rip people off, you know, good, hardworking people who save their money and they put it in this scheme and it, you know, they lose everything. And wow, this person did that on purpose. They deliberately ripped these investors off. And you think, wow, for greed. Well, greed's a bad thing. I guess it's one of the sins, and deadly sins. Um, but if you think people with money are greedy or having money makes you greedy or you have to be greedy to get money, that's a belief. But if also you believe that, oh, I'm not a greedy person, I would never want to be thought of as greedy, gosh, that's terrible. I don't like people who are greedy. Well, if greed and money are intertwined and enmeshed, 
you're probably going to have a hard time accepting money, even if it comes your way. You might spend it really quick or blow through it uh, because there's something unacceptable about that, okay? And it has to do with a belief that a lot of the times is under the surface. It's not in your level of awareness. So that's why you have to question that. Anytime you want to change anything or improve something, okay? Do I want to start exercising? What are my thoughts about health and exercise? What are my thoughts about money if I want to increase my financial conditions? How do I really look at love if I want to be in a loving relationship or improve the one that I have? If it's really about changing the other person or just finding the right person, that will probably not work. You have to look at yourself. Again, this is living the inner life. So if you want to change, make these improvements anywhere in your life. You have to look at what's underneath where you are right now, your personal paradigm, the overwhelming sense of how things are that you don't even question, let alone look at, okay? So look at it, question it, take the temperature, find out where you are, ask yourself the questions on whatever it is, ask what your thoughts and your beliefs are, okay? And it's not just an intellectual thought or a mental thought like, oh, well, I've been broke all my life and I want to be rich. Well, that's a thought, but how do you feel about it? Because that's where the paradigm rests. It's in your feelings. It's how you believe things to be, not just how you want things. Because you may want something, and if that's in conflict with your underlying paradigm, probably the underlying paradigm is going to win out or at least make it very, very difficult for you to add this new thing. Okay? So question yourself in a good way. Ask, what do I feel about this? How do I think about that? What are my long-held beliefs? Do I have long-held beliefs? And if so, what are they? And how might these be working against me? They may be in conflict with each other. So get straight with them. Find out what they are. Loosen up the ground. Till the soil. Prepare and make yourself ready to receive these new ideas so they can enter your being and they can grow within. And as they do, they'll bear fruit in the outer world and you'll see the changes that you want to make. We'll see you next time here on Living the Inner Life.